1: Of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy, there is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers!
0: Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. All right, people, we're back. We took a brief hiatus after about 60 episodes or so. Took a little break. I got married. Uh, no big deal. But uh, we are back.
1: It was like the sickest wedding ever. It was
0: a crazy wedding. We get to talk about it if we want to. Um, I had Paul Stanley performing and a whole carnival. But... Honestly, I don't want to talk about that too much. I really want to talk about our guest, a repeat guest, actually, uh, who's, who helped launch this podcast when we started. Um, so welcome back, listeners. We're glad to be back. Today, we are with John Lamachia, who, in my honest opinion, and look, we're, we're boys. He's my, been one of, the, one of my best friends for many, many years. He was actually a groomsman in my wedding. So of course, I'm biased, but in my opinion, has released one of the records of the year Um, I am blown, completely blown away by the new record uh, under the name La Machia. Let's welcome John La Machia of Candiria and now of La Machia that, like I said, just put out the most amazing mind blowing record of the year so far.
2: Thanks for having me back, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we originally wanted to have you on to coincide with the release, but I actually like that we're doing it now because if we had done it like on release day or a day later, I wouldn't have had a chance to really, you know, sit with the record. And I've been listening to it nonstop. Now, I'm not sure how long, how long you've listened to it, but it m- makes me think of, it's like, it's like massive attack kind of meets failure in a small way. It's just in the best of both, in the best of both bands. And I'm so fascinated with the record that I have so many questions. And so I'm going to start. Why Thunderheads is the title.
2: I never heard the term Thunderheads. Never knew that that was a sort of a way to talk about a specific type of storm cloud. And I was uh, upstate on Route 17 driving home from a lake house, Um, and um, I was with Andrea Horn, who actually uh, is a singer and songwriter in her own right, someone very close to me. And we were driving, and we were driving through these mountains, and in front of us was this massive, like, gorgeous sky filled with these ominous clouds. And she looked up, and she just said, look, Thunderheads. And I never heard the term before.
0: Whoa, I yeah, never heard of that either.
2: It really stuck with me, and I—the more I, lo- I, like lived with the word—I thought to myself, "What a great thing to sort of a great metaphor for the album." Because thunderheads, when you think about them, what they actually are in—in in, you know—in in the natural world. They they get filled with so much moisture they get filled up so much they actually they basically burst and they kind of like push out another cloud upward and a storm brews in them and it's like it's it's ominous so to me it was exactly it just fit as a metaphor for the mental state that I was at and and the the person who was my constant companion during the making of this making of this record Candice Freshco who co-wrote the song Angels Delight and performed it. So a lot of the album is based on our experiences together during the pandemic and what she had gone through before the pandemic. But then also she has gone through so much personal stuff. Um, it just seemed appropriate to name the album that.
0: Well, you know, first, first of all, it's fascinating. I've never heard of that Thunderheads before. and I'll now look for them in the sky, although we never have r- rain here in L.A. So I'll have to look for it when I'm back east visiting you guys. <laughs> but uh, Angels Delight is exactly... Uh, I'm glad you brought that song up so early. Like that is that is a massive attack type of track. It's, you know, the whole record is dark and moody, but not in a way that there's dark and moody. And you and when you're done listening, you're like, ugh, I'm in a bad mood now. Or like, ugh, life is so terrible. Yours is different. And I don't know if I can articulate it, but it's like, it's dark and it's moody, but it's also just, and I, I get it. maybe Maybe the average listener won't get this. Maybe I get it because I, I've known you for so long, but it's just, It feels so organic and so right for the times and so obvious that you wrote a lot of this during the pandemic, but it's not dark in a way that you go, I can't listen to this because it brings me down. It's not, it's the opposite in some ways. Um, My favorite track on the record, I got to pull these up because, because I can't pronounce my favorite track on the record. I need you to help me pronounce it. Mm. It's track number seven. I still don't know. I've listened to it a hundred times and I don't know how to pronounce it. Pagliacci Kid?
2: Pagliacci Kid. What does that mean? We're talking about this and Paul Stanley, uh, during his speech at your wedding, mentioned Pagliacci.
0: Oh, I don't remember that.
2: (laughs) So here's the deal. I'm glad you love the song. I'm I'm really glad you, you enjoy that one. It's true. It's a heavy hearted song, but there's something about it. Kelly Scott from Failure played drums on it. Oh, wow. He really elevated the song. And uh, he brought life to the song I didn't even know it had. But um the reason why it's called Pagliacci Kid. Pagliacci is this old opera, this old Italian opera.
0: I should know that because Natalie's an opera singer. She'd probably be very upset with me if she heard me right now.
2: <laughs> so Pagliacci was this old Italian opera about this this man who's like betrayed by his wife, and there's like murder and all of this crazy stuff. But the reason why I chose the title is because my uncle Tony, when we were very young, uh, if you went to a family gathering in Bensonhurst or wherever we were and you would see him, you would say, hey, Uncle Tony, how you doing? He would say, Pagliacci, kid, Pagliacci. And in other words, he was a very melancholy guy. You know what I mean? He was he was he was, he was just that was his life. He was just a melancholy guy. But it wasn't the thing you talked about. Like, it's not like today. Everybody's like, oh, well, i you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, anti. You know, all of the terms that we have now. Back when I was a kid and you were younger, it just wasn't spoken about as much. So that was his always his response. And it was funny because you met my cousin Sandy. Yes, the one who lived on the same block as Uncle Tony, and she was the one who told me about it on that trip when I was with you and Natalie when I come came to stay with you. She we went on a, a hike in Griffith Park. That was when she told me the story. So this is all really interesting that you. Mention this this is your favorite track that Paul Stanley mentioned this at your wedding Mike MacGyver when Paul Stanley mentioned Pagliacci he turned to me he's like can you believe that he just mentioned this <laughs> and wait till Mike finds out that that's your favorite track in the album that's awesome it's my
0: favorite track but I mean but it's hard to but you know it they're all great they're all great so I have a sauna in my home which I love to use I use it about uh I use it I don't use it every day although I I try to I, they say it's not good for you but but I try to, I get in the sauna at least four days a week and my sauna goes up to 176 degrees. And so you preset it, it gets to 176 and then you go in there and like pretty much the most I can stand is like 40 minutes of that. It gets, it's brutal. You know what I mean? I believe in it though. I'm a big sauna advocate. We can have another podcast that talks about the benefits of using a sauna, but your record is 37 minutes long. And I can't tell you, Johnny, how many times I have sat in the sauna and it almost, my wife, Natalie meditates. I have tried to meditate. I have actually taken meditation classes. I can't do it. My mind is always racing. My mind, you know, I just, I am programmed in a way where my mind is always on fire. I can't fall asleep or I have a hard time sleeping. Um, but I go in that sauna and I put your record on and I sit back and it's like, it's a, like a meditative experience for me. It really is because it's, first of all, it's, it's, it, you know largely acoustic or electronic but in a way that's not like it's not a thrash record it's not a candaria record you know what i mean so it puts you in a very relaxed state but then also just th- there's a moodiness to that record that it's like my it's like my sauna go-to and it probably is something you never thought you'd hear someone say to you but that this record is my sauna go-to because i tried to listen to like metal in the sauna and it's like doesn't work
1: not very metal of you <laughs>
0: Before I, I turn it over to Matt for some questions, I want to also ask you, this record was obviously a, a very collaborative effort. You had some great players who I'd like you to talk about who they are. Obviously, I know Mike MacGyver on the record and, and so on and so forth. But when you write a record like this and then you go in the studio and you record with the drummer from Failure or Mike from Candiria or whatever, like how do you put that puzzle together? Like How do you write the thing and then, how do you translate the thing? Because it's not like you're. In, it's, it's not like it's one band doing all nine right. songs. It's a bunch of different people doing all nine songs. So, explain that process because I think it's fascinating and I want to learn.
2: Well, you know what the challenge was. I think was was exactly what you're saying. It's like how do you fit all of these different pieces together now? And it really came down to the mixing engineer Mario Quintero, who kind of found a way to make all of these songs have some kind of quality that made them all work together. Honestly, the other part of the problem was the song order. And um, I have to really give props to my manager, Chris Enriquez and my label, who I basically handed off that that responsibility to them. I was I told them, I'm like, I'm too close to these songs to really see clearly any type of map. Like I understand each song. Like I, I was like, I know the opener and I know the closer. The begin, the middle of it, the rest of it, I, I could put fifty different like you know orders together, yeah. and and they just worked on it, and they sent me these different ideas and different concepts, and and I just you know, signed off on on one in the end, but it was really their hard work and their I don't know their excitement about it. They were able to figure it out. They they figured it out, and and then I think that's kind of how it it all ties together. Is those two key things? Is the production. And the the song order. They just really found a way to make it work.
0: What about deciding who's playing on what?
2: Oh, well, that's easy. <laughs> For me, it was really, you know, Mike was a no-brainer.
0: Well, first of all, first of all, before before you answer that question, and I want to know how you figured out who should play on what, but list all the people that or that that were worked on the circuit with you if you can remember all of them. Because I think it's a pretty big list.
2: Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's it's um it's Michael MacGyver from Canderio who played bass. Fretless bass on the whole album. Mario Quintero mixed most of it and mastered all of it. I mixed two songs in the album, Angels Delight, and the last track, Why Are You the Way You Are. Sabrina Ellie did vocals on three songs. Candice Fresco did vocals for Angels Delight and co wrote the song and did the spoken word in the last track. Uh, Andrea Horn did some backup vocals on a track. She also did vocals on another song or two that did not make it on the record. Kelly Scott from Failure, you know, the, the star player, yeah. he played drums in the track. On three songs and um the rest of it I did myself. By the way,
0: failure is playing here in Los Angeles next Friday. I'm gonna to try to go.
2: I got to meet Kelly, which was awesome finally. Yeah. But I also I also had a conversation with Greg Edward. And I have to tell you, I don't get starstruck often. Oh yeah. But that guy, I was I was with a circle full of people and, and he was standing there. And I and I just approached him. I was like, Hey Greg, what's up, man? And he was like, he was very polite. And the people around me were like, frozen because this is the this is the and I came up with some interesting questions to ask him and and then when I when I was done and Greg Edwards thanked us and walked away everyone looked at me and were like dude you did good you did all right
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you know so a, a lot of people won't know won't get this reference but I guess I'll explain it so to me and Johnny and um Jeff Blanchard from Lucky 13 Saloon and also the band Eyes of the Sun who's been on this podcast uh the three of us are best friends we've been best friends for 20, 20 years um but because we live apart actually i think this even happened even when we weren't apart but especially now that we're apart because i moved to la um we do like christmas in july or christmas in the spring and we always it's a ritual it's actually become a ritual so even if we could give each other gifts for christmas on christmas we won't do it because this is a tradition and we always go to johnny's neighborhood get like a good italian meal we go to this dive bar That's been around for a hundred years, but my gift giving thing to all my metal friends is I'm always trying to find like really cool, like vintage t-shirts for the bands I love. So for at least a decade and maybe more, I start every Christmas season going to ebay looking for either a failure shirt or a quicksand shirt for johnny that's like from the like the 90s and i've done i've done some good work i think i think i've delivered a couple of things sometimes i buy them in large and if you know johnny he's definitely a small but you know you, you, that's what tailors are for <laughs> but anyway so that, that must have been an epic moment to, you know to to be able to get the drummer from failure to you know record on the record that's amazing and you, you've been getting overwhelming positive press on this record, too, right?
2: Yeah, I feel very fortunate, man. I have uh, Selena Faragasi from uh, FRPR working on the album. Uh, she's been doing a great job. She does PR for Ministry, the Pixies, uh, all the festivals. So I have some, uh, some good people in my corner right now besides Chris Enriquez and Aqualam Records. I mean, I really just do have a really good team. And I'm really grateful, um, I'm just, uh, I'm psyched to uh, do something like this and then people come around and, and like, it's it's been like, kind of amazing how like, I just decided I was gonna do this thing and then all of a sudden it just like one thing started falling into place and then the next thing did. And it's been a really great journey and um, it looks like this is it for me, man. I'm just gonna keep doing this,
0: you know? That's amazing, that's amazing. And I, I know I keep holding Matt off, but one last question. Um, I know you're doing live performances of this record Who's in the band? How are you dealing with that? Because obviously all these players can't be probably doing these shows with you, right? Right.
2: Live, I have this amazing drummer. His name is Jeff Jensen He plays in the Twin. He plays in a band called Savak. He's an incredible drummer. He's a huge failure fan. So he's perfect for this. He loves the fact that he's playing Kelly Scott's beats. Oh, nice. Michael MacGyver's playing Fretless Bass in the band. I have a horn covering. Most of the vocals, female vocals, and she's playing guitar as well. That's about it. Myself, uh, Candice Fresco does join me on jo- join us on stage to do Angels Delight. She has for the last two of the three shows, I think. So yeah, it's been it's been great. I have a really great band. I'm very psyched. It's just hard, like you know, we're all adults. We're you know how it is. It's hard to get everybody together to do one thing, but we do. We make it work. Everybody's really passionate about it. So uh, I'm I'm pretty psyched that the live band is is you know, once, once again, like people coming together, like, and I just, I'm, I'm amazed, you know, but I'm so grateful. And, um, I can't wait to play more gigs.
0: Any, any shot of a a tour, even just like an East coast one, or have you talked about that or thought about that?
2: Yeah, we have an East coast run in early August. We're doing a gig out at Mr. Beery's in Long Island on August 5th. Then we're going down to Philly at Ortlieb's in August 6th. And then at Lucky 13 Saloon, we're going to do a big sort of, Uh, I want to try to make it like a food burlesque and music type of event. So um, I have some really big plans for that. Me and Jeff have been talking and uh, I'm hoping that uh, all of our buds come out. And if you happen to be in New York, you have to be there.
0: I know I'm going to be on my honeymoon. Unfortunately, I'll be I'll be lounging on the beach, but I'm sure it'll be great. All right. Matt Bacon has not said a word yet, so I'm going to turn it over to him.
1: I told Chris I put on a shirt for this podcast and everything. Yeah,
0: I call. I called him ten minutes before the podcast, and he was shirtless. and He said, "I got, I got to go put on a shirt. Call me back."
1: No, okay. (laughs) So a lot of this stuff is obviously very musically distant from Candiria, right? And I was curious because a lot of times, what seems to happen when people kind of put out a solo record that's pretty far apart from what they're known for. Those songs have been germinating for a long time. Is that the case with you? Have you had some of these songs for a long time, or did they all just kind of come out at once?
2: No, there's some of the material's been been around for some years, and it's just never there's never been a, a moment, you know, to actually sort of put them somewhere. And I think what happened with the pandemic was, um, it just gave me, you know, my biz, my 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 work just completely stopped. My industry shut down. you know, I'm a musician and I do production work, um, so it all just shut down. And also in my, you know, the way we were all seeing it was like, well, are we going to have a world in a year? You know? So at that point I was like, you know what? I have absolutely nothing to lose. And this is my opportunity to put these songs together and, um, make them into an uh, an album with a theme and deal with what, whatever I was going through personally and, and, um, make something beautiful out of it.
1: What percentage? So I guess, what percentage of the songs like existed before and what how many were created for this like and then did the stuff that existed before just kind of naturally fall together or did you have to adapt it so it sort of makes sense as one work
2: all of it had to be adapted to fit the theme of the album um all of it had to be reworked to make sense with the themes and um the the topic i guess um uh i i I struggle with the idea of it being such a topical album. And I know that for me, it was such a, it was such a cathartic and and therapeutic experience, but now that the album is out in the world, I really hope that it is the type of thing where it can, like other people can connect to the songs and feel something and maybe are able to connect with it and, and deal with their own shit, you know? And um, so far, I'm um, getting good responses from people and their, and their people are definitely um, connecting with the songs and the album. So, um, but I'd say that um, getting back to your original question, uh, I'd say 80% of it was all relatively new enough to be like, no, nah, this wasn't done. Um, and then 20% of it. Okay. Wow. This song has been around, you know, these ideas, this, the, the basic idea for the song, the chord progression has been around, the basic melody has been around, but there's no lyrics, there's no music, there's no this, there's no that. So there's this, the skeletal structures of like a song or two, uh, particularly right. in a song, Dis- Disconnect was, has been floating around since 2012, I think. And um, that song just never, I was never able to finish it. But when you're going through like the pandemic and then you go to like personal stuff, like losing someone or, you know, you're like, okay, this is the moment. This is the moment. This is where that song really is like coming back to me. To finish the words and I need to finish They can put it out into the world.
0: One of the things that, that I'm proud of you. I mean, I'm proud of you for everything, but, but your vocals and, and, you know, your vocals were good and crooked man, but they, they're so, are you an opera singer? No. Do you have like King diamond range? No, but what you're able to do with your voice is you're able to really ignite emotion with the sound of your voice. Like, how much do you, I, like, I know you're a great guitar player. Do you, do you practice to, to, to get to where you were? Is it just organically coming out of you at this point in your life?
2: You know what it is? I think the thing that wound up happening with me at this point was I just stopped caring about what my voice sounded like. And I think that's a huh. thing with a lot, a lot of songwriters are like, I hate the sound of my voice. And for many years, I could never just let go and be like, this is what I sound like. Now just do it right. Do it. and And like, learn how to sing properly and in pitch. And I do practice a lot. I practice as often as I can. I perform my songs as often as I can. Um, and I, I continue to try to push myself to do new things um, so that I can become a better singer because I really, you know, I, I have a tendency to sort of, um, uh, you know, sort of think about things a certain way so that I don't get anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm more of a songwriter and I'm not really a singer. Well, of course you're not a singer because you think like that and you're being negative. But, you know, obviously I sing well enough to sing my own material. So if I started to actually put technique to it, I can get better and better. Um, And uh, so I do, I try to, I try to um, really put, you know, technique to it. The more and more I work on it, the more and more I practice. These songs though, particularly, they, I was, I was in a state of mind where I just, I really was alone a lot, you know, besides being around certain people, I had so much time on my hands. So to me, this was my opportunity to really see what I could do vocally as a songwriter. Let me just let go and let me just open up.
0: Yeah. How long did it take to record the record?
2: About a year. I mean, write and record.
0: Right. Okay. Did you, did you record the whole thing like in a, like a three week session or was it just like a song here and a song there?
2: It was like one song at a time. Got it. And there was many more on the cutting board. There was many more. There was, there were several others that were like pretend to go on the record. Yeah. But these were strongest and and fit the theme the thunderheads theme and um i wanted it i wanted it to have i wanted it to have a theme i wanted it to make sense as as a piece as a whole piece
0: it's as if you knew what i was going to say next this is a perfect segue into what i want to say next by the way i think we're all drinking we can see each other i think you were having a beer earlier matt i'm having a beer johnny's got something in a rocks glass
1: Yeah, it's it's Germany, so the drinks don't count. Yeah,
0: okay. We've never done this with any artist ever before. This is going to be a brand new, never done before on Delirious Nomads. Oh, by the way, I didn't say Delirious Nomads when I said welcome back to the podcast. So welcome back to Delirious Nomads, everyone. I'm going to call out each track's title, and I want you to give me, you know, give us uh, in the listeners a quick synopsis of why the title is the title. So we'll start with track one, which is called Bled Out.
2: Bled Out is a song about my experiences with relationships and me exploring polyamory it's specifically written about someone and uh the way they inspire me i'll be honest it's written about candace and when i met candace and we started hanging out um there was something really wild and, and uh, open about her and it's it's basically a song it's a celebration about her her wild side and her openness and, and our connection got it but that's basically what that one's about
0: okay and uh put you down
2: Siding, it's time to let go and
0: move on. So next one, ghost of tectonic
2: plates, a ghost on tectonic plates. Yeah. That one is about sticking around far relationships over. It's like not letting go. This song's about hanging on. It's, that's what that one's about.
0: And by the way, if you don't want to answer any, any of these, as we go, as we go through them, it's totally fine. <laughs> it's all over now.
2: It's all over now. That's exactly what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I don't mean to laugh, but the last three synopsis is amazing. Like, don't hang on, hang on too long. Now it's over. That's a great, right. that's a great way to put the track, the, the tracks together on the on the record order. Angels delight.
2: Angels delight was written by Candace. I couldn't answer this plainly. Um, only she knows because she wrote all the lyrics. But I will go out on a limb and say that that song is about our connection, mine, Candace's connection, and when we came together during the pandemic. She sings about the sound and how it affected her when we were writing a song she needed she needed an outlet she needed something she needed some artistic shot in the arm she was completely blown away by the track that i wrote literally she sings about the song that she sings on it's kind of wild wow <laughs> very nice
1: that's really cool that's a clever concept yeah
2: disconnect disconnect is about turning your back on someone for the last time and deciding that's it i will never go back again
0: you know i can't say it again you, kid. we kind of talked about
2: that one earlier Talk Me is to uh, it's a it's actually a song I wrote about Candiria. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a song about holding on to this idea about how things should have been with that band or holding on to this, this idea that I was supposed to wind up with something from all of that work. It was a time when I was just feeling really, really, really down on myself and, um, you know, and instead of, like, like, you know, kind of, like, turning myself around and be like, don't think that way, I leaned into it. I just, I said, fuck it. I'll go with this, this severe bout of, of sadness and depression and self-pity and, uh, right. (laughs) Basically. Uh, bad penny. Bad penny is written about a person that, you know, that I dated. Okay. Someone who was very, got it. That's written about someone in particular, but it fit the theme of the album.
0: And why are you the way you are?
2: Why are you the way you are is, is really just a mantra. And it just raises that simple question. Why is anyone the way they are in the song? There was something missing. It didn't have any spoken word on it yet. And then and I finished the mix and I was like, you know what? There's just something is missing. It can't just be this mantra over, and over again. And I asked Anna because her speaking voice is really beautiful. And I said, do you mind? You want to do a spoken word over this? Anything. I don't care. And she goes, well, why don't I do a tarot card reading for you? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs>
1: That's great.
2: And she read. And and it's most of it is in the book. It's actually her entire reading is in the book. When the when the book finally gets shipped, you'll see.
0: That's actually another good thing. Well, first of all, thank you for taking us through each track, which are, which are mostly all very personal to you. Um, I appreciate your candor and transparency, and I'm sure our listeners do. Um, but yeah, so tell me about the book. So that's not something you you know when you see. I, I saw that you know it's available and it's we've got this vinyl and da 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 and it's like and also we have this book. Like what is what's the book?
2: Well, the book. Well, first of all, Aqualam Records them putting out books for each album that they release for each band they release since they started. That's been their whole thing
0: i did not know that
2: and it's the main reason why i wanted to work with them is because i've never done anything like that i figured it was something new for me they're really great designers they're gr- they have a great design aesthetic
0: when you, when you say when you say a book is it is it like a graphic novel or is it an actual book like, explain to me what it is i
2: would say it's an art book it's like an open-ended sort of art book it's almost like an, like an extended album art book but it's 120 pages long and there's lyrical content there's me discussing each song there's there's 30 drawings in there that i did there's qr codes that lead you to bonus material on websites there's all kinds of stuff in there and there's tons of artwork of all kinds you know graphic images that i made photographs that i've taken during the pandemic a million it's like a huge thing to me it's the one thing i would suggest for people to pick up because uh, i think it's a very unique and interesting sort of piece of physical media that bands don't usually put out but i i see a lot of artists and record labels are starting to kind of do what aqualand has been doing for a very long time like um, a lot of people are putting out books simply because it's just first of all vinyl is fucked and no one really wants cassettes or cds so books are a way to, to sort of throw something out there, something else out there in the world that's really artistic. And, and depending on your level of, you know, your skill level as a writer, you could actually really do something really cool with it. I mean, you know, you put out a book.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 120 pages. That's staggering. Like, I, I, can't, I can't wait to check this out.
2: Yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, you know, it's no, uh, it's no Paradise Lost or uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, but it's 120 <laughs> pages. Not bad for a guitar player from Brooklyn. <laughs> not
0: bad, not bad, not bad at all. And where are you at? Where are you right now, your dad's?
2: West Islip on Long Island. What are you doing there? I came to visit the man.
0: For the weekend or Fourth of July and everything?
2: No, I could stay. I could, I'm here for the day. I'll, I'll stay, spend the night, wake up, we'll have breakfast, and I'll have to hit the road, go home, and get back to work. Nice, got it. Yeah,
1: what song are you proud of? Then I have a final follow, follow-up. Follow follow
2: What's What are you proud of? It's a toss-up between A Ghost on Tectonic Plates and Angel's Delight. Angels of Light may very well be the greatest collaborative uh, experience I've ever had with anyone. I mean, it was such a great experience writing, co-writing that song with Candace. We had so much fun and it was such an exciting process. And you know when you're just like when, when, you, when something is just working between you and person and you're just every idea you bounce off. It's just positivity and excitement and, and energy that is just so awesome. You're kind of on a high that's what it was like working with Candace for that song. I mean, it was just, we were, we were, we were on fire. We were on fire for this, for this piece of art, you know, and um, it was really an amazing thing to have during, during the pandemic because we need, we needed the distraction and we, and you know, it was really like spiritually, it was really helpful. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of a ghost on tectonic plates because it was something that um, I sing it by myself, no other singer on the song helping me out. Which, uh, which is, you know, it's rare for me. Oh, I'm doing more and more of that these days. And it came out of me, like, I don't even remember it happening, it happened so fast. And it's a really beautiful concept. And it's, it's like, it checks all the boxes for like a song that I, you know, like I hear songs sometimes, I'm like, man, I wish I wrote that. Um, this one is like, man, I'm really proud I wrote that. You know, I'm really proud that that came from me. That's the two, it's hard to decide. Nice.
1: Now, you were talking about, you know, formulating the songs to fit the theme of the album. How much was left on the cutting room floor? And what does that mean for a sequel?
2: I would say a good EP, a solid EP. And that's definitely something I want to get out there quickly. Like, I want to do everything I can to promote this album. And I want to play these songs and get that, get the word out into the world. But I definitely do want to jump back into the studio and get another another group of songs out as well and i'm hoping to do that uh maybe by the same time of the year maybe may of 2023 i'll have another another you know group of songs out you know cool yeah
0: those songs that didn't make it are they are they mixed and mastered and you can put it out as an ep if you wanted to or do you still have to do that stuff
2: no i'd have really do a lot of work. But that's uh these days i I really just look forward to it. I look I look forward to I want to continue working with the same people. I want to work with Kelly again if I can. I want to work with Andrea and Candace and Mike and whoever else wants to come along for the ride. You know, I got some other things up my sleeve too or some other things I'm working on I really can't mention because I'll get in a lot of trouble. I will be scolded. But uh there's other stuff as well. So um yeah I got a lot brewing
0: I'm not I'm not even gonna <laughs> call you so you can tell me privately. I'll wait for the announcement. Okay. Cool. I think we're good for right now. We don't want to take up your entire night, your visiting family.
1: Awesome. No. So yeah. Thank you so much, John. Thank
0: you. Thanks for sharing stories about the, 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 the songs for anyone out there that, you know, I, I don't really care what you like, but if there's a part of you that likes massive attack failure, most of our listeners, I think a lot of our listeners are, you know, really into hardcore metal. And, and since we're a Blacklight media metal blade podcast, but you know, this is a record that um, I think anyone can appreciate, and you can obviously hear that you put your heart and soul into it, and so you should be very, very proud. And I'm very, very proud of you. And uh, yeah, that's our that's our show today. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great night, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Johnny. We are out. All right, so that was awesome. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more, and above all, keep it heavy.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep the corner of Gray Street.
2: Hello, out there! Yes, welcome, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and East Street
1: Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our
2: bi weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan.
1: If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this
2: is the show for you. So please subscribe to Numbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much.
1: We'll be seeing you.